Well, hello again, wherever you're watching around the world, throughout the week, either in the house, your EFAM online, or in the future. I, I never say that. What if somebody's watching in space right now? How cool would that be? It's awesome. If, we got, if the Lord carried us home, we'll fly by you on the way to heaven. We're glad you're listening to you. So really quick, uh, I'm so thankful we're in our series called The Light of the World, appropriately speaking, because it is Christmas. So as we get ready to kick off, let me ask you something. How many folks have their Christmas tree up already? Hey, how many do it before Thanksgiving? Hey, how many are like me and you just bring all the boxes out and your sister's awesome and helps you make it pretty? Oh, that's just me. Okay, uh, wherever you are. So let me ask you when it comes to that. So you got your tree. We got some traditions. Does anybody have a favorite Christmas ornament or decoration that they put up, right? Does anybody have like something that's sentimental? Maybe it's a family ornament. Maybe it's a family wreath. We all have something. As I just said, is there an order in which you do it? Like do you have this tree goes first? This tree goes second. The cards are here. Garlands here. New things. No. See, my sister fixes that for me. I'm blessed if you need some help with that. So if you have that, so this is what I want to dive into today. This is what the backdrop of where the world is. It is in superstition. It is trying to figure things out. So if you've got your Bible today, we're going to be in a familiar Christmas verse. But first, we're going to start with what we are calling our anchor verse, the verse in which we're going to start every message. And it's found in John 8, 12. John 8, 12. And this is what Jesus says in John 8, 12. I got your Bible, feel free to go there, and then we'll get to the, the main verse. And it says this. When Jesus spoke to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life. And this is where we are. This is Christmas. This is what we're going to walk through today. And this is what we're going to continue to walk through is Jesus being the light in the darkness. Jesus being our only hope. Jesus being not just the reason for the season, but the answer to what we are searching for. That is what this is about. And so today, what we're going to walk through is something if you've ever been to church, even if you've hadn't, you've heard it in the Christmas carol. We're going to talk about Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Now, notice I spelled it with an I. Last week, uh, we're, we're going to go through some things in there. Some people do it with an E. As we got into the NKJV, it went on there. Uh, it changed to an E, but Emmanuel. Now, how many of us know, what does Emmanuel mean? God what? With us, right? God with us. God with us. That is the season that we're in. God with us. And why does this matter? Because in the world, what happens is we think that all the cavemen did this, but we are guilty of it as well. What ended up happening uh, back in the day, <laughs> I can say that, I'm getting older now, i got some gray. Back in the day, uh, folks would go out and they would try to appease the gods. If they wanted rain, they would go do a rain dance, right? No, they wanted rain. They would actually sacrifice something and they would bring it to the gods because they thought if they made the gods happy, then it would rain because they couldn't control the rain. They couldn't control the sun. They couldn't control the rain. They couldn't control their crops. So uh, there had to be something outside of them that they had to appease to make happy. So they would give a sacrifice. And then the next year, if the rains came and the crop was good, they were like, man, that sacrifice was good. It was great. I must have appeased the gods, but I want to grow my farm this year. So I want to get a bigger sacrifice. I'm going to do something bigger. I'm going to give something more. And famine, famine came. I guess that sacrifice wasn't good enough, was it? 
So now I'm going to have to go give a greater sacrifice. And what ended up happening is when Jesus steps in and is God with us, what the world is built on is this appeasement of the gods, is trying to do everything it can to hope God blesses you, to hope God loves you, to hope that the gods are happy. And it led to a system of religion. And so for us, we say, man, I'm so glad that we don't live in those times anymore. Have you been shopping this weekend? (laughs) me neither but uh if you've been shopping this weekend that isn't those times anymore everybody's trying to appease the gods of december 25th if you know what i'm saying like everybody's trying to appease that we are all in that the reason that is is we are all human and that's the backdrop backdrop that jesus steps into see in ancient times we read in the bible about the god of baal if you remember when elijah's there they believe that their sacrifice required them to cut themselves for god to answer them And Elijah gets that trench dug, and he just pours the water. He keeps telling them to pour the water on the altar, pour the water on the altar. And God shows up and says, it isn't that. It isn't about your sacrifice. It's about you trusting me. If you read, there's also about a God called Moloch in Old Testament times. And what he required, the people believed, was the firstborn to be sacrificed by fire. So your firstborn child, you had a cookout. That's rough, ain't it? Now, if you got a teenager, you probably do want to cut them, cook them sometimes. But in the end, seriously, that, that's what they sacrificed. If you go to the, the, the Mayans and the Aztecs, when they go to the temple, they find bones of children that were sacrificed to appease the gods. And if we're not careful, like I said, we can think what caveman language that is. But I will be honest, the beauty of where the church is right now and where we get to point to Jesus and all that we do is we literally have sacrificed our children on the altar of everything other than the church instead of going to the altar of Christ. And this is our moment as the church to point to Christ. This is the season that everyone, believe it or not, the whole world is in an Advent season. This is the first Sunday of Advent. They are searching for hope. They are leaning in for something. And right now, the Black Friday deals that will still be going on at Valentine's Day uh, because they have too much inventory uh, is going to continue to happen. They're going to search and chase that. They're going to search and chase a new job. They're going to search and chase a new car. And we can say it's none of those things. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And so last week we laid the groundwork before we get in there. We were in, I told you I could talk about this all day long, Genesis 1 and John 1. And if you remember what we went through is Genesis 1, verse 1 through 5. If you're not familiar, it's in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was void and formless. And the the darkness was over the deep of the land. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And he saw that it was good. And he separated light from darkness. He called the light day and the dark night. And there was morning and evening the first day. Well, God keeps going on and everything's good until day six and he creates man and wife and and, and husband and wife, whether you want to fight me on the Genesis 2 or whatever you want to do whenever that happened, we can have that, talk about that later. But God created man in his image. We're going to talk what happens with that ugly sweater and how man was created in his image, but yet we decided that we liked our ugly sweater better than what God had for us. Went on to John 1 before we get to where we're going to spend our time. And and John 1, verse 1 through 5 is, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Nothing was made that was not made through Him. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. This is where we are. Jesus, you won't walk in darkness. Shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. And so today, if you've got your Bible, as we learn and walk through God with us and these 
um, god-awful, sorry, Lord, not man, take your name, sweaters that we're wearing today. As we walk through God with us with Emmanuel, if you've got your Bible, we're going to be in a familiar passage. Go ahead and get to Matthew 1, Matthew 1, and then we're going to be back in John 1 for just a moment. So if you've got your Bible, if you want to get to Matthew 1, we say it each and every week, I'm so thankful. Wherever you're watching around the world, our Vine production team's incredible. They're going to make sure you can see it on the screen. Wherever you're watching, it's going to be somewhere in this vicinity, if I don't move too much, or it'll be over here to the right and left of me. But also, we encourage you, if you would like to take your own notes, maybe send a prayer request in, connect with us, you can download our free app, divine.tv slash app. In there, you'll see a notes tab. It'll have all the scripture we're going to walk through and a space and a place for you to take your own notes. If you're with me, give me an amen. I hear some amens. Let's get there. Okay, so here we are. Matthew 1, familiar story. If you don't know, what ends up happening is Mary is a, the Virgin Mary is betrothed to Joseph. They both saved themselves. They've done everything right for marriage. And Mary rolls up on Joseph and says, I'm pregnant. And now Joseph's like, I already talked to Mari, and I'm not the father. Like, there's no doubt about it. I know I'm not the father. So what is going on, Mary? So Joseph is in this place, and he is in this struggle of faith, like, what in the world? Like, there is shame, there's guilt. I have to wear the ugly sweater of my soon-to-be wife having a child that I'm truly not the father of. And so in order to, to spare himself shame, to spare Mary shame and embarrassment, he decides, I'll just go divorce her quietly. That way we can both move on. It, Mary, it's, it, it's not you, it's me. I got to go. Like, he's in that space. He's like, okay, I got to step away. But let's look in verse 20, and see what happens. But after he had considered this, this was the divorce, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but if I could say anything in my life, what I would say, hey, this is where I would say as the Lord is molding and shaping me, what I would love to be able to say is that I dreamed the promises of God and I dreamed about God just the way that Moses saw this. And this is what I mean by that. Dreaming is a big, important thing. We see God speaking through dreams. But in order for you to dream about someone, you have to be connected to them. So intertwined. Think about this. Uh, many times what I love about how God created us is sometimes I'll think about a loved one that's gone before me and I'll dream about them. I'll get to see them. I will get to see them in eternity because I know where they're at, all right? I know they're in heaven. I know they're with Christ. But at the same time, I, I get that. Why? Because I have a relationship with them. As a matter of fact, even now, if you don't believe in Jesus, what many people will say, how many people speak more than one language here, can, can do more than one language? I can't speak English well, but I, I, I took French, parlez-vous français. I took that all the way through middle school, high school, and college, and I remember the first time I dreamed in French. And that's like, well, that's when you got it. It can make sense. So if you learn a foreign language, if you dream in the language, that's when everybody says, okay, you can go, That you got it. That's what I would love to be, so connected with the Lord. Like even though Joseph is having an angel, think about that. What if, what if it just isn't the promises of God when you're reading your Bible? Like what if you even sleep in the promises of God? What if it's that important? That, like think about that, how connected that is. That's my goal for this side of eternity. I want to be that. And I'll, I'll tell you, as, as, as I'm standing here as a man of God to say, hey, I ain't there yet. 
I know he's molding and shaping me to it, but how cool would that be? Instead of a glimpse that every night I would get to dream the promises of God and see how he does that. That is what Joseph has here. It goes on to say, she will give birth, in verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, if you've hung out with us at all, we talked about this. The name Jesus is Joshua or Yeshua, in Hebrew, uh, we, we go through and, and we kind of get the Greek coming over, but it is the, that means to deliver, but Joshua became Yoheshua, which means the Lord delivers as we go through that. So now Jesus, now Matthew is not just speaking to us as an audience who don't know Jesus, but to the Jewish people who know the name Joshua and understand that there is a deliverer that will bring us into God's promise. So now Joseph is getting it. Okay. The Holy Spirit has conceived this child with Mary, and it will be the deliverer. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. More on that, that's the prophet Isaiah here in just a moment. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. He gave him the name Jesus. See, what's really, really awesome here that, you know, I like to share little tidbits from time to time. We can miss in Matthew 1 is this is a a reminder of God's promise. Isaiah 7.14 is what he is quoting. He He is quoting Isaiah going to King Ahaz, just 800 years earlier, just a heads up, what happens is uh, all of God's people are 12 tribes. They split over taxation. Eh, Go figure. We think that we're the only ones who fought a revolution over (laughs) taxation. The kingdom of God splits to the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom is Judah. The northern kingdom of 10 tribes becomes Israel. So at the time Isaiah writes this, the kingdom of Israel has joined forces with the nation of Syria to attack Judah. So Ahaz is in this hopeless, helpless place when Isaiah speaks this to him. This is God's reminder. I hadn't forgotten you, Ahaz. I'm going to deliver you, Ahaz. You're going to get through this battle. And sure enough, within 10 years, Israel is conquered by the Syrians, really the Assyrians, because they take over Syria. And all of a sudden, unfortunately, Judah decided that the ugly sweater they wanted to wear was better than following God. So they unfortunately go into captivity. But this promise that Isaiah is giving is that God has not forgotten you. It looks hopeless. It looks helpless. Ten tribes and an entire nation against two. I don't know about you, but I don't like those odds. If I'm playing basketball or football and it's ten on two, I don't know. I'm laying odds on the ten. I don't know about you. I'm on, we're going to take the ten plus, right? They got a backup. But God said, hey, I haven't forgotten you. I know you're there. This is God with us. This is Emmanuel. This is pointing to what God is doing. So to the skeptic right now, where you are in the room, maybe Jesus, you, you know Jesus as this, this, this baby in a manger, uh, something we sing about, a picture on grandma's wall, and you think that Jesus wasn't you know, really anything at all. Maybe it's just a, a myth. Some would say he's a conglomeration of Middle Eastern gods. But I would move Jesus as the most wrote-about, recorded human being that's ever walked the earth. Outside of the Bible, even if you look at it as a historical context, you can look in Rome, Tacitus, 
who's a historian, wrote about, wrote about Jesus. He documented the life of Jesus. There's actually a Roman governor named Pliny who went and he authored and talked about the life of Jesus. So Jesus was on the earth. You can't deny he was on the earth. You may not have the faith to believe quite yet that he is who he says he is, but he walked the earth. But what if he's more than that? Go ahead and get to John 1 in your Bible. You want to flip right if you want to get there, get a couple of pages. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is where you want to go. Remember John 1, we just kind of walked through it. I know I went fast, and I'm sorry about that. I get excited when I get to John 1 about the word being, being the Lord Jesus Christ and how he was there in the beginning. John 1.14 talks about who Jesus is, the word, the logos, as we talked about last week, the meaning, the, the thing behind everything became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So God wasn't just some big concept. God wasn't just a, a cloud and a fire, a pillar of fire and a cloud that led the people into Israel. He wasn't just the, the essence of filling the temple. He didn't go away when, when the ark was stolen from Indiana Jones. Oh, sorry, wrong one. Uh, when the ark of the covenant was gone, he didn't just go away with that. He came for us. So in this season, what we get to celebrate is God with us. All the way through in Genesis when he created us, God with us. When we decided to rebel against him, we think, oh, somebody compelled God to come to plan B that maybe you think he never thought about sending Jesus. Jesus was always plan A. There was no plan B. God was going to be with us. So wherever you are right now, you may feel like you're in a situation where the Assyrians and the Israelites are all coming against you in the darkness and the weariness. Maybe you're in a season where God seems to have been silent for 400 years like he was from Malachi to Matthew. Wherever you are, I want you to know God is with us. God is with us. Say it with me. God is with us. God is with us. And if you say that, how much does your worry melt away? And if you have a little mustard seed of faith with it, the mountains move, don't they? Don't they? I mean, I'm in church. I can say that, right? Like, I'm preaching to myself today. If y'all don't get nothing from it, I'm thankful. I, will, I, I done told y'all, charge me for the therapy session because I'm going to get my worship and I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to talk to Jesus because I know no matter what, God is with us. You know how I know that? Because you can see me and you can hear me and you still got a breath in your lungs. He's with you. And he's going to see you through. And so for each and every one of us, I want you to know God's not abandoned you. He's not angry at you. He hasn't forgotten you. He is not frustrated with you. He is not standing there. Yeah, just mad. Old church curmudgeon as I get to be sometime. That's probably, yeah, yeah. Move the chairs out of the senior classroom again. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not there angry at you. He's standing there with arms wide open. Don't sing the creed song. It's okay. I know you want to do that. But he's standing there waiting to welcome you home. And so wherever you are right now, you say, Tyler, that makes sense. Why are you wearing an ugly sweater? Well, this is the beauty of it. Let me ask you this. If I showed up to your wedding in this, would I get to say? If I showed up to officiate your wedding in this, would I get to say? Now it changes. 
if I was in all of your pictures with this, would you let me stay at your wedding? What's the answer? Okay. We need to lay hands in the back of the room. Uh, let's, we need to, the Holy Spirit. Somebody the, lay hands, put the snakes on him, and we'll figure out if he has faith or not. Uh, but for real, for real. No. Yeah, guess what? We try to get to the wedding supper of the lamb in our ugly sweater, don't we? This is what I mean. See, each and every one of us, that's what we do every day. We try to be something we weren't created to be. See, we try on the ugly sweaters that everything in this world has to offer. We, we try on the ugly sweater of a, a new degree, a new car, a new, a new address. Uh, we try to put on the ugly sweater of where money is in our life. We try to put the ugly sweater of where sex is in our life. We try to put on the ugly sweater of relationship. We try to put on the ugly sweater of whether we want to follow God or not. We do everything we can trying to find fulfillment, putting on ugly sweater after 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 ugly sweater. And we can't figure out why in the world it isn't any different. Why in the world has this not changed? Because every time I look in the mirror, I got on an ugly sweater. I don't know. I just changed it. So much so that we'll even let people tell us what ugly sweater to wear. And if you don't think that's a problem, guys, we can't even figure out what bathroom to use. I mean, really, seriously. And we'd put on an ugly sweater of that, and we'll say, well, this person, they got all these followers, and look how they look, because I promise you on social media, they don't have any filters on. Look how beautiful they look. I got to have that. I got to have that. I got to have that. And so many times we do that, and we think that if we appease the gods, then our ugly sweater will somehow be made right will somehow be pretty. Or you're like me, and you just buy an ugly sweater once, and you wear it five years in a row and say, it'll come back in fashion. It's good to go. Like, it'll come back around, right? But we do that all the way through in our walk and in our life, and we get so caught up in ourselves that we try to do that. And so today, you didn't know this. I wish I could have showed you my notes beforehand. It's so appropriate. Uh, today, when it comes to ugly sweaters, a few weeks ago, I had my wisdom teeth out. And uh, I had the awesome opportunity to get to hang out with Ruby at an amazing ministry called Jumpstart. Uh, that is a prison ministry. If you don't know about them, they're an incredible pr prison ministry. But it's not just about prison ministry. It's really gospel ministry is what I want to call it. It's about making men into children of God and women into children of God. They meet them in prison, but they don't stop there. They, they walk them through coming out of jail. They lower recidivism rate. They lower crime, and they will tell you, or they repeat offenders, and they will tell you it's not because of a behavioral change. It's because of a gospel change, right? It's a transformation. It's a transformation. So here's where I'm going to go with this, and this is what I want to say to you when it comes to that. Uh, for me, Ruby invited me uh, to, to be a part of this, and, and, I, and until, my, until my gums decided that where my wisdom teeth were, they were bleeding, I was able to stay there. And if you would have asked me before I went there, this is a Holy Spirit thing, uh, why do I care about Jumpstart? Well, I care about it because I know how much someone I love cares about it, right? We do that, right? When people... When people love something that we love, our heart is tied to it. But as I was sitting there, uh, I was sitting there, I, it's a Holy Spirit thing that hit me. And as I was sitting there, someone asked me the question, what does Jumpstart mean to you? And I was about to answer, well, listen, I know how much it means. I know they do incredible things. Like, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm about to open up the brochure and go through all of the, all of the, all of the statistics and how God has moved through this ministry 
And I just look at the person and I said, this is why Jumpstart matters to me. I should be a Jumpstart statistic. By all, on paper, by all accountability. I grew up without my dad, killed by a drunk driver when I was two. I should be in and out of prison, addicted and homeless on the street, or dead right now. And so the ugly sweater that the world tells me I should be wearing right now is that. And the amazing thing is that jumpstart reaches right there, but I will tell you by the grace of God that wasn't what he wanted for me. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I will tell you I'm so thankful that the Lord brought jumpstart into my life to see, son, you think you got it hard? These are folks that have seen some things and been through things. And when I think that God's grace isn't washing over me, I get to hear the story of Jumpstart. I get to hear the story of redemption. I get to hear the story and see that. Jesus reminds me, man, I died for everyone. See, I would say beforehand, the, the ugly sweater I wear is my story didn't matter because I don't have a Jumpstart story, right? Like, it's, it seems bland, right? My story just just bland to that. Like, I don't have that shock and awe. I don't have that, like, that, that just craziness but then I remember like I don't have that man I had to meet Jesus in jail and it was this man who talked to me and this man I I had the privilege of meeting Jesus as a child but by the grace of God he had a different plan for me and by the grace of God he had a different plan for you and by the grace of God he's got a different plan for you see right now maybe the ugly sweater you're wearing is you don't feel worthy enough you think your story like I did didn't matter but yet here I am today and here Jumpstart is change, literally changing the state and more, the nation realistically. And so wherever you are right now, I want to say, are you letting the world define your ugly sweater? Because if you kept your ugly sweater on, it'd be really hard to do ministry, wouldn't it? It would be really hard to say, hey, well, 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 well I, I'm defined by this. I'm defined by, by one mistake I made, a, a mistake, of, a, a, maybe one bad decision led to another, and that's what I'm defined as, and maybe that's where you are right now. You're so stuck because you think you were defined by what you did last week, last year, today, what you're about to do on the way outside when somebody cuts you off at the red light. You think you're defined by that. No one, I got a trailer. I mean, thank God the horn works. Wherever you are, maybe that's the ugly sweater you're wearing. Jesus came so that you didn't have to. Jesus came so that you didn't have to. See, for each and every one of us, our culture tells us that what sweater we should wear. Like for me, I should be a victim. I should be a victim. My fatherless, I should be a victim. I should wear my victim sweater and be loud and proud and blame everyone else for my issues. Blame everyone else for my problems. But Jesus didn't come for me to be a victim. He came that I could walk in victory just like you. And so instead of wearing that ugly sweater, I just want to say, aren't it, it, the, today it's hot. I'm going to tell you, I was sweating walking in the door. Yo, I'm about to flop sweat here in a minute. These ugly sweaters are hot. I'm going to go back to old youth ministry. Hot like the flames of hell, like, right? I'm going to go back to it. They're hot. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. They're fun for a minute, aren't they? But I ain't wearing this all day. I'm going to tell you all right now, when the service is over, by God's grace, there's a T-shirt over there, and praise the Lord, I'm putting it on. And for your eyes and your comfort, I'm putting it on. Uh, so what I'm saying is, are you in that hamster wheel of trying on ugly sweater after ugly sweater? Trying to find peace 
and fulfillment in everything but Jesus? See, way back in the garden when God created us, he created us to be in light. Remember, he saw the light was good. He created us to be in his presence. But see, old Satan went in, and I, you know, I'm laughing when I say this, and the Holy Spirit will condemn me if I'm wrong, and I'm okay with that. And you can as well, so I'll go ahead and give you that authority to do that. But I imagine old Satan, you know, he's knitted his little ugly sweaters for Adam and Eve, right? He's crocheted them. I don't even know how you do that. I'm not that cool. But he's got them together. And God says, hey, you can have all of this. Just don't do this one thing. If you've ever had a kid, you know how that goes. <laughs> you can touch everything over here but this one thing. This one thing you can't touch. Ooh, right? We're going to touch it. We're going to go do it. And Satan said, ah, oh, you can wear this ugly sweater. It's all right. He ain't going to kill you. But what did God say? If you eat of that one tree, you will surely die. And so Adam and Eve was like, ah, oh, he ain't going to kill us. Let me get this ugly sweater on. Let me get this ugly sweater of shame and guilt of my past. Let me just get this ugly sweater of sin on, and it ain't going to matter. God's not even going to notice. All of a sudden, God comes in the cool of the day. We see in Genesis 3, God talks about Emmanuel, God with us, to come, how God's not going to leave us forever in this ugly sweater state, how we don't have to walk around with our ugly sweater all the time, this ugly sweater of sin. See, we, we think the world can give us some ugly sweater. The ugliest sweater of all is sin because it ain't nothing but death. And death stinks. Death stinks. It does, right? We say that at Halloween, right? You ever had a dead something in your yard because you put antifreeze in a bowl in the back? Anyway, I'm just confessing. <laughs> Psychopath. We got to figure that out. Uh, you ever had something dead? You ever had a dead rodent in your house or under your house? Like you, you, I'm sure that wasn't pleasant, was it? Hey, as a matter of fact, this time next month, you're going to have a dead Christmas tree. How's that smell? Smelled great when it filled the house. But all of a sudden, whew, stinks, right? See, Jesus loved us enough. He becomes God. He is God for us. God in the flesh. The Word became flesh in John 1:14. He puts on this ugly sweater of sin for us. The stench of death for us. He lives a perfect sinless life we can't live that we can't earn, that we can't work our way toward. We can't serve at the soup kitchen, serve at every ministry, give to everything we possibly can and ever earn our way there. Instead, Jesus says we just have to receive the gift he's given us. And so he puts this ugly sweater of sin on for us, lives the perfect sinless life, giving us the right standing with God that we can never achieve. But he didn't just stop there. Because he puts this ugly sweater of sin, he says, hey, I don't want you to have to wear this nasty, stinky thing anymore. What I want you to be able to do is to walk in freedom. So he dies the death we deserve, paying the penalty for our sins on the cross. And then he loves us enough not to stay dead, but he rises again. So he says, you leave that ugly sweater behind. Put it in the fire. Burn that thing up because you don't need it anymore. You are not defined by it. No longer are you stuck in the, the monotony and the, the hamster wheel of, of what this world has to have in the ugly sweaters. No longer are you stuck in the ugly sweater of sin. All you have to do is believe and receive. And so when we look at this, we have to see that God made a way through Christ. Paul writes to the church in Galatians, in Galatians 3, verse 26 to 28, what that looks like for us. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. All of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. How about that? We ain't clothed in these ugly sweaters no more. We're clothed in Christ. 
When God looks at you, he sees his son. He doesn't see what you just did on the way here. He doesn't see that you cut somebody off to get to the hot and now. He doesn't see that you took the last gift, even though you know that person behind you wanted it. He didn't, he didn't say anything to you because you, you, you took that last spoonful of breakfast over here. He's not, he's not angry. He sees his son in you. You are no longer defined by sin. And here's the beauty of it. There is neither Jew nor Gentile nor slave nor free or male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. There is no labels. There is no, there is no slave or free. There is no, no, no prisoner or not prisoner. There is, no, there is no male or female. It is just Christ. Now see, the world's trying to change that for us, aren't they? They're trying to tell us, what, well, that, this is what it, no, 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 no. Don't let the world define your identity. Let Christ be your identity. That is what we have. And the world that we're in, church, they're looking for a right identity. They're trying to see what label the world throws at them to give them success. And we'll say it ain't about success here. It's about life for eternity. And it's found in Jesus. And so Jesus came, clothed us in him so that we don't have to wear these God-forsaken things in July, these ugly Christmas sweaters that are sin. And so today, the reason I wanted to talk about this and the reason the Holy Spirit wanted me to talk about this is today is your day to stop putting on ugly sweater after ugly sweater. Stop. Some of us today, some of us today, maybe we, we've known, maybe we've trusted Jesus as our Lord and Savior for years. And we've forgotten that there's nothing we've done to earn it. Some of us today, the ugly sweater that we wear as we serve, we give, we go above and beyond, we try to we do everything we can in our works in hopes that God will bless us more. If that's you, Christian brother and sister, stop. He's not expecting that of you. He's not telling you you have to do that, my friends, is narcissist, and God isn't that. That, my friends, is abuse, and God isn't that. Just take the step he's calling you to take. Now, if you go above and beyond in your offering and sacrifice, I'm not telling you he won't bless it, but if you're doing it without a cheerful heart, you're missing out. Stop wearing that ugly sweater. For some of us today, wherever you are, maybe, maybe you think God is mad at you, and I just want to tell you God isn't. There's nothing you can do today that will make God love you more or less at this very moment than he already has and already does. Would you just trust him? Would you stop wearing that ugly sweater? Would you just come home to him? Would you understand that he is waiting and calling you there? Some of us today, maybe you're listening right now or you're watching and you have a spiritual anxiety. Your quiet time hasn't happened. You can't remember the last time you prayed or picked up your Bible and you're beating yourself up about it. And you keep wearing the ugly sweater of not good enough, not good enough, not good enough, never gonna work out, never gonna work out, never gonna have it. And I just wanna tell you today, this is what Jesus tells me when I get stuck here. He had to hit me with this this morning. He's not standing there judging me about the time I spend with him. He's just savoring every breath that I go into his presence. And he is breathing his life and the Holy Spirit through me. So today, maybe that's where you are. Stop beating yourself up about it. He's sitting at the table waiting for you. Would you just trust him? Still others of us, you don't know who Jesus is. You've struggled Jesus hasn't meant anything at all to you. He's just a picture on grandma's wall or a baby in a manger. 
or a story, a good story somebody told you. He's a historical figure that just divides time itself. And you're struggling. You're putting on empty sweater after empty sweater. You're chasing the next best thing. And you're exhausted. We've all been there. Those that know Jesus, and I want you to know you're not alone. But that's exhausting. It is hopeless. Because you think, if I can just get the next sweater, I'll catch the next sale. If I can just find the next thing, this is, this is when it's finally going to all come into place. And I just want to give you Jesus. Jesus, have you considered it? Have you considered it? See, maybe you don't want to take your sweater off because you would rather be a victim. And I just want to tell you, victims can't walk in victory. Jesus came so that you can walk in victory. Maybe the ugly sweater you wear is all the mistakes and you're like, I hurt these people. There's no way that God can love me. And I just want to tell you, if he can love me, he can love you. And Jesus came for all of us. There is not one person on this earth that decided to give something and God say, man, I better do something about that and send my son. None of us deserve it. He still came. He was always plan A. But I will tell you this. If I was the only sinner that walked this earth, Jesus would still come just for me and the same for you. So today, wherever you are, maybe you are exhausted. I just want to give you hope. Hope has a name, and the name of hope is Jesus. Would you understand what, what, what Paul writes to the Corinthian church? 2 Corinthians five seventeen says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. When you are in Christ Jesus, you aren't defined by this. You are new. You aren't defined by what you mess up. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you even more freedom. You ain't defined by where you're going to mess up a year from now. And I don't know about you, but that's freedom. That's freedom. Because you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do this afternoon, but I'm sure I'm going to mess up somehow. There's going to be something that happens, but by God's grace and his grace alone through Christ Jesus, I'm set free from it. It doesn't mean that I, I want to sin or I choose to sin. It means that I get to be who I was created to be, and so do you, way back in Genesis 1, from the foundations of the earth. And so today, I just want to lay before you Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus, what you are searching for. Jesus, not the ugly sweater. He'll wear it for you so that you can get to the wedding feast. And so today, with every head bow and every eye closed, the reason we do what we do each and every week is so first and foremost, those who are in Christ Jesus can be encouraged, can be reminded of what he has done for us, but also so that we aren't stuck in ourselves and in our past and being defined by shame and guilt. Because if there's one thing Satan's going to do, it's that. He's going to come after you. See, Satan's going to remind you of this ugly sweater. He's going to be like, that's who you are. You are your past. And what we get to do, if that's you right now, go to 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and say, in Christ Jesus, I'm new. The old is gone. The new is here. Get back, Satan. Go on to somebody else's house. By the way, the, the house needs heated up. Go light my pilot light, all right? Leave me alone, Satan wherever you are, the rest of us, ah, man, you're, listen, you're chasing that next thing. You're chasing the next thing. You think, ah, oh, if I could just get a PS5, it would all be complete. If I, could just, if I could just chase that next thing. You see, so many times we like to tie addiction to drugs, but it's not just drugs that are addicting. Career can be addicting. Salary can be addicting. Family relationships. If I just marry the right person, it's going to, no, 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 no. Trust Jesus. 
Stop putting those ugly sweaters on. I, I'm telling you right now, I'm living proof. If you keep putting on that ugly sweater, all you're gonna do is look in the mirror and see that ugly sweater. But when you go to Jesus, you're gonna be clothed in him and that's what you're gonna see. And that's what the Father sees. And so right now, I just want you to consider Jesus. I spoke this, and I don't want to glaze over what Jesus has done, what Christmas is all about. It's Jesus coming, God with us, Emmanuel, not living us in a hopeless, helpless darkness. He clothed himself in us. The Word becomes flesh. He came for us. He lived the perfect, sinless life we couldn't live, died the death we deserve, paying the penalty for our sins on the cross. That is the wages of sin is death. He died for us, but he didn't stay dead. He left an empty tomb so that we can walk in the freedom of being who we were created to be right now. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, we pray as a family out loud for the benefit of those coming to faith for the first time. Would you please repeat these words after me? Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you came, lived the perfect sinless life. I couldn't live, die the death I deserve, paying the penalty for my sins on the cross. I love me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day so that I may have life. Come take over my life, Lord. Teach me to follow you step by step, the rest of my life, the best way I know how. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if for the first time in faith you have confessed and repented of your sins and surrendered lordship of your life to Christ, I'm going to ask you to boldly raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. If you're in the house and it's the first time you've done that, would you raise your hand? If you're online, would you raise your hand? Uh, uh, maybe you can shoot us a message. Maybe uh, you can reach out to us at hello at divine.tv or shoot us a text message, 864-580-6698. Shoot us a message on social media. You can reach us through the app. We want to celebrate this decision with you. And for the rest of us, you can look up. I know I say this every week. This is why we want to celebrate that decision with you wherever you're watching around the world. It isn't about you coming to this church. It's about you going to your church, wherever it is, local church around the world. There's a church down the street we want you to get in contact with because your ugly sweaters come off if it's the first time you said that prayer. We want to help you to keep walking in the Lord. So would you please let us know. For the rest of us, we're going to get to sing. I know I challenged just earlier. I'm not going to sing. I'll have the mic off. Don't worry. It's fine. It'll sound like a dog barking and y'all will leave. So uh, we're going to sing. We're going to go into the throne room. We're going to go into the presence of God. We're going to go into the presence of Jesus. And in this moment, if nothing else, I pray that as you go in there, be reminded that he allowed us to take these ugly sweaters off. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He came here for us to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves in spite of us. And if that don't give you room to shout, if that don't give you something to bring to the, pray, to, the, to the streets, take this moment in this song and ask Jesus to wash over you and fill you. Would you stand and sing? We were waiting without hope and without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word 
Now we're really going to hide the message. Who can be excited? King of kings. Jesus is here. Seriously, we ain't dead. Can you not be excited? Listen, the world is looking for something to give them life. They're chasing it. We say, hey, you ain't got to chase it. You just got to receive it. It's Jesus. 
That's what we get to do. So many times in our life, that's where we can be stuck. And I'm just praying for myself and for us that we don't be stuck trying to put that ugly sweater on. You know why you like to put on that ugly sweater? Sometimes it feels comfortable, don't it? I done told y'all, it's hot. It ain't comfortable with me. Praise Jesus' name. It feels comfortable. It's like that, that comfy sweater you got. You know, you just, you put it on, it seems comfortable. And sometimes we don't want to follow Jesus because we want to get back into comfort. And I just want to tell you, he didn't die and rise again for us to stay comfortable. He died and rose again so that we could live fully to be who we were created to be and be a part of him building his kingdom, whatever that looks like. In the streets, you know, Matthew 25, I shared with you earlier, Jesus said, what you did for the least of these, you did also for me. We get to go out and serve the orphan and the widow, and we get to feed the hungry. We get to go out and help the homeless. We get to help the prisoner. Because even though the prisoner may be in jail, that's what we were in sin, shackled, locked down. And Jesus said, I died to break free those prison doors. And that's what we get to share. So as you go out in the week, this week, let's share him. If you want to wear your ugly sweater, do it. But next week, I'm going to tell you, we're going to have some Christmas PJs. The, the food is already pre-prayed for at zero calorie, guilt-free. In Jesus' name, we got chairs for you. We're going to have some fun. Hope you have an awesome week. And always remember, the best is still yet to come.